Romans chapter 14, verse 1. Now accept the one who is weak in faith, but not for the purpose of passing judgment on his opinions. One person has faith that he may eat all things, but he who is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats is not to regard with contempt the one who does not eat, and the one who does not eat is not to judge the one who eats, for God has accepted him. Who are you to judge the servant of another? To his own master he stands or falls, and he will stand, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord. He who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat, and he gives thanks to God. For not one of us lives for himself, not one of us dies for himself. For if we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. But you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we all stand, for we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each one of us will give an account of himself to God. So let me, let me, uh, cover what we had talked about last time. So this is a portion that extends all through Romans 14 and into Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 13. I'm sorry, Romans 15, verses 1 through 13. And so, uh, he spends a lot of time on this. It's not just one or two verses. He spends a lot of time on a certain issue. And he's dealing with an issue of the day. And an issue in his day was that some coming out of that culture felt that it was only proper to eat vegetables. And a lot of this was because all the meat in those days in the Roman area was sacrificed to idols uh, uh, when it was killed, and then it was sold in the marketplace. So generally what you were buying, you were buying meat that, was, that had been sacrificed to idols. And he's saying some people have a problem with eating meat that had been sacrificed to idols, and he characterizes them as the weaker believer. And and uh, and he says the, the strong can eat whatever they want and the weaker believer, but both are entirely acceptable. Both are acceptable. Both are fine. It's up to one's own conviction. And we talked a lot about this last time and we had looked at other complementary verses. So I'm just reviewing this. And he talks about a day. He talks about a Sabbath day that some people regard one day above another. Others regard every day alike. So, for example, the Seventh-day Adventist would, who... Seventh-day Adventists love the Lord. <clears throat> he said for a, seventh, for a Seventh-day Adventist to have their Sabbath day on Saturday rather than on, on Sunday is a very big deal. And they're totally fine. And, and I'm, the Bible says it's totally fine. Other people want to do it on Sunday. It's not one day above another, but, but each person to his own conviction. If you, uh, we, I mentioned that if you're in Israel, you can't find a church that is worshiping on a Sunday morning. Because the churches and the congregations there, they are all worshiping on either Friday night or Saturday because they get off Friday and Saturday. Those are their days off. Sunday is actually the first day of their work week in Israel. And so 
<clears throat> this is this is what we had talked about. Now remember, the other thing is refraining from eating something, refraining from eating something, or in the, which what we're going to see uh, uh, further down in in uh, um, uh, in this same chapter in verse twenty one is that the other thing was drinking wine, which is still a problem for some people in the church today. Uh, the, the consumption of alcohol. And it was a problem back then, too, because it's mentioned there as well. It's mentioned in that context. And refraining from something does not make one a legalist. That is perfectly fine. I use the example, I don't drink alcohol, but it doesn't bother me a bit when other people drink because they're entirely free to do that. You may see, say that it, it's forbidden in the Bible. It is not forbidden in the Bible. It is not. It's, it's forbidden in many churches, but those are ordinances of human beings. Jesus battled with the ordinances that he called the, the commandments of men, the laws of men. And, and he had disdain for that because it, it kept people from really understanding and knowing God. So, so it, it doesn't bother me at all if, if, if you should, if you should want to drink alcohol. That's, that's perfectly fine if you should want to drink alcohol. Um, uh, no problem with that. And, and so it, it's not a problem with this. And, you know, you can have a drink on me. That's just fine. I have just made a choice that I don't want to drink. And I, and I said, I told last week the reason why I don't prefer to drink alcohol is because my wife, she was born in Pakistan, and in Pakistan they didn't drink. And so I could see that it bothered her back when we were engaged. And I didn't drink very much, but, but somebody handed me a beer and it bothered her. So I just didn't drink anymore because I didn't want to bother my wife. Because she I have to live with. It's not just that I'm not doing it on a, on a certain occasion or something like that. And uh, um, so so we are free to do that. And that this is what he's talking about. So I want to pick it up here. Let's look at verse 5 again. One person regards one day above another, another regards every day alike. Each person must be fully convinced in his own mind. So there's a conviction in the mind that we need to be convinced of. This is what they're talking about. <clears throat> he says, uh, uh, the, and he's talking about a day. <clears throat> Some people say Sunday is the day. Some people say Saturday is the day. And, and, you know, if a congregation wants to worship on Tuesdays, they're perfectly fine if a group of people wanted, wants to do that. He who observes the day observes it for the Lord. He who eats does so for the Lord, for he gives thanks to God. And he who eats not for the Lord, he does not eat. And he gives thanks to God. Let me put it in the context of today. Uh, we have, I, I bet if, if we took a poll in this room, which I would never do, but where people sat politically, uh, you would have a great diversity of opinions here where people sit politically. And that's I have no concern on that. And the Bible says, don't let that divide you as a congregation. Don't let it divide you. You're free to, to, to be in whatever political party you want. That's perfectly fine. So it doesn't bother me if, <clears throat> if you're Republican or Democrat or, or Green Party or Socialist Party. It doesn't bother me, doesn't bother me a bit. It's not something that, that bothers me. And, and, uh, and it, the Bible says it's not supposed to divide us. And then he says in, in verse, in verse, 11, he says, we'll pick it up in verse 10 of Romans chapter 14. But you, why do you judge your brother? Or you again, why do you guard, <clears throat> why do you regard your brother with contempt? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. Being, having, having a certain opinion and wanting to live your life a certain way is perfectly fine. That doesn't make you a legalist. What makes you a legalist is when you project the decisions that you make, which are amoral, they're ne- neither immoral 
nor moral, they're amoral. You take these things and you make them an issue for somebody else. I prefer to eat low gluten. I would never put that upon you. Some people who eat only vegetables, some people who are vegetarians want everybody to be a vegetarian. That's moving into legalism. That's what we're talking about. Uh, if you want to be a vegetarian, that's totally fine. Some people are gluten-free and uh, they are just adamant about eating gluten-free. And, and they just look at everybody else like they're killing themselves by, by consuming gluten. Eat all the gluten you want. doesn't bother me. What makes you a legalist is when you take something <clears throat> that's not in the Scriptures. If it's in the Scriptures, we obey it. If it's not in the Scriptures, you, you can do it by choice. Then he says in verse 11, For it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. Look what he says in verse 11. As I live, as I live, says the Lord. It says, as I live, as sure as God lives, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me. Every knee. <clears throat> every knee on heaven and earth is going to bow to him. And every tongue shall give praise to God. And so then... Each one of us will give an account of himself to God. Did you know that we will all give an account of ourselves to God? If you are a believer in Christ, you will not be giving an account of yourself for salvation. That is a price that has already been paid. You're not going to come into this great white throne judgment. That's already been paid. But we will give an account of our lives. And I'll tell you, every one of us is going to be dependent on the mercies of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood. Every one of us. Everyone will give an account of himself. And, he, and I, want to un, I want to underscore himself. Everyone, <clears throat> every one of us will give an account of himself. Not of our neighbor, not of our brother, not, not of our sister. Everyone will give an account of himself. Now, many times people will agree with me. And I, <clears throat> once I was teaching this same message around legalism... In this class, it must have been like 15 or 20 years ago. And one guy, he contacted me afterward, wrote me a long email. He said, you are absolutely right. You're absolutely right. He says, but there is one area, and it's eating, it's eating a, a, a processed meat. <clears throat> That's the area that people should be refraining from. So you see, everybody has some pet area <clears throat> that they want everybody else to go along with. Some pet area. And his problem with processed meat is because of what happens in the feedlots to cattle in the feedlots. And, and so a friend of mine was the chief cowboy of King Ranch. King Ranch is like, I don't know, a million acres. It's, it's huge. So I wanted to visit a feedlot. So he took me to the feedlot. And I saw these cattle and they, they pen them up and, and they, for a few months, they feed them. I don't know if it's a few weeks or a few months. They feed them just corn. And this, this high caloric diet, rather than just being out in the fields and, <clears throat> and eating grass. And, and he says what this does is it fattens them up. Because the fat makes the, the, the beef more juicy, it's, it marbles it out and makes it more juicy. And I'll tell you, I looked at the cattle there. They looked to me actually fat and happy. They looked just fine. I mean, the food was right there. They didn't look particularly abused because they were in a feedlot. They looked actually pretty happy to me. But in any case, everybody wants us to to uh, to to pick up their, their one area. So now he goes on in verse 13. So that's a summary from last week. <clears throat> then he goes to verse 13. Therefore, 
Let us not judge one another anymore, but rather determine this, not to put an obstacle or a stumbling block in a brother's way. I know and am convinced in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Wow, something is unclean if you think it to be unclean? And this is underscored, and and it even speaks about this as being sin. If you look down in verse 23, But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he is eating, his eating is not from faith. And whatever is not from faith is sin. So in an amoral issue, if we think it is sin and we practice it, it becomes sin for us. So, so if, if, if you, if you have an issue about something, then don't violate the issue. If you don't have an issue about it, don't violate it. Then, then you're free to, to violate it. He says, he says in, uh, in verse 13, don't judge another and don't put a stumbling block in a brother's way. I know I'm convinced in verse 14 in the Lord that nothing is unclean in itself, but to him who thinks anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. So remember what we talked about last week. In the church, and many of you here are too young to remember this, in the church there were many forbiddens. Alcohol remains a forbidden today in many churches. It's not forbidden in the Bible. Jesus turned water into wine. There's a word for grape juice in the Bible. There's a word for grape juice and it's not used. The word that's used is wine, both in Greek and in Hebrew. There's there's a word for wine and that's what's used. There's a word for grape juice and that's not what's used. So, and Jesus turned water into wine. They had wine at the Last Supper. <clears throat> there are commandments of human beings today in the church that say wine is bad. Now, in excess, it certainly is. We are not to be drunk. The Bible says you are not to be drunk. You're not to, to go into that dissipation. <clears throat> what I advise my students is this. I say, please, when you go out on a job interview and they take you out to dinner, do not drink alcohol. They may get a bottle of wine. Just refrain. Not because I care much about the wine. I care about my student. Because when you start drinking, you say things you regret. Your inhibitions go down. And in a job interview, you don't want to say things you regret. And uh, and there's something else I advise them not to partake of at their dinner when they're in a job interview. And I advise them not to eat cherry tomatoes. Because... It's going to go squirting out of your mouth, or, or when you poke the thing with your fork, it's going to go squirting up and get on your shirt or somebody else's shirt. Or, and and uh, just don't eat them. Just pick around them when you're eating your salad. And it, and 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 I do this because I just think it's it's wise on an interview not to go on, you know, have a white shirt with some red streak across it and saying you know I'm neat and orderly in everything I do. That's just the way I am. It just it just wouldn't work that way. And and so there's things that you refrain from. In a certain situation, and and uh, so so he says. But but for some people, there's issues in this, and it's unclean. And he talks about stumbling blocks. So let me say what a stumbling block is according to the scriptures. It's something that culture has put up there that has caused people to hold on to it. So in the Bible, and there are multiple portions on this, and we might look at them in, 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 in 1 Corinthians, where it talks about food that is sacrificed to idols, 
and and multiple portions, and we don't we don't really think much about that. It's not like you go over somebody's house and they're like, oh, this food here was sacrificed to an idol. I mean, that doesn't happen very often in, in the United States. But but uh, uh, he says it's okay to eat eat food like that. But there are things in the church that the church has put up there. So when people were when I first became a believer in Jesus, the things were don't go to the bowling alley. They called it pins. Don't play pins. And, and to you, it sounds very strange. Uh, uh, and and there were other things. Don't go to movies. Don't go to the movie theater. Movie theaters were bad. Movie th- and this was all put up there by, by human beings. So if you were to say, well, that's a stumbling block for your brother, so therefore you shouldn't go up uh, into the movie theater. No, that was a stumbling block that was put up there by the church, not by the culture of the time. It's an invalid stumbling block because it was put there by the church. It never should have been put there in the first place. Uh, uh, and there were other things. Uh, something else that, that you guys is gonna, are going to think is utterly crazy. In, in 40 years ago, when I became a believer over 43 years ago, there were, there were people that, that were saying, you know, if you wear glasses, you're not trusting God to heal you. I'm not kidding you. And there would be believers squinting to see things. I met a woman who was just a couple of years older than me, and she was just saying how she had flushed her contact lenses down down the toilet. Now, contact lenses back then were really expensive, and you got a pair of them. It wasn't like you had you replaced them every day, and they were hard, and they were you know a piece of glass, and you stuck them on your eye, and they were. She flushed them down the toilet as a show of faith to God that she was going to trust for her healing. And uh, so she said she was just so embarrassed by this whole ordeal. She just wore her glasses for a year, as embarrassing as it was for her to wear glasses, uh, uh, because she was so ashamed at what she had done. And and so there's things that the church would say that, that was just, you know, you'd look at it now 40, 50 years later, and you think, that's ridiculous. How could it have been that way? But the church very much had its oral laws and still has its oral laws today. In some places, you know, one young lady came to me up to me last week afterward and she said in the church that we grew up in, you know, women had to have hair that at least touched their shoulders and they had to do this and they had to do that. And my her 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 family had put this upon her and her sisters and they had to be certain ways. And what she was talking about is that when her sister got older, she just totally rebelled from it. You know, she's clipped her hair off and got tattoos and just went the other extreme. And I'll tell you, as a parent, if we push our kids too much in these amoral things that are not in the scriptures, there will come a time where they will just go the other extreme. Now, I can't guarantee that, but I've seen it very often. They'll just go the other extreme. So when it comes to an amoral issue, something that is not in the Bible, you don't want to push that too hard with other people, even on your children. You don't want to push that too hard. And, uh, um, you know, if, if you want to run your family gluten-free, that's fine. But be careful the number of things that you put upon other people that are not in the Bible, because then you end up having trouble with it. Uh, verse 15, For if because of food your brother is hurt, you are no longer walking according to love. Do not destroy with your food him for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what is good for you, what is for you a good thing, be spoken of as evil. 
And for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So now he's appealing to the strong ones. So back in verse, in verse, uh, um, in verse 14, uh, in chapter 14, verse 1, chapter 14, verse 1, he says, except the one who is weak. And then he goes, he, he compares that to the one who's strong in faith, who's not weak. The one who's weak is the one who doesn't eat. So if you say, wow, that person is really spiritual, they only eat vegetables. No, the Bible says that's actually the weak one. It's not the strong one, that's the weak one. The Bible now, Paul now appeals to the strong one to refrain from eating meat in the presence of a brother who's going to be offended by your eating that meat. That's what he's doing. He appeals to the strong one. So if you consider yourself the strong one, you 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 are to refrain from your brother from eating meat in from front of your brother. So in other words, um, say say you're a Republican and there's some person who's you know just loves the Democratic Party sitting at your table, just don't talk about politics. Just don't. You're the stronger brother. Just don't talk about it. Just let it pass. There's no reason to have a division in the church over these things. What we're doing is we're taking something in the Bible which we don't have struggle with and bringing it in today today and saying what people have struggled with. And you see believers, you see families getting divided over politics. Just don't even talk about it. If you're the stronger one in Christ, just don't even bring it up. This is what he's talking about. Refrain from it. Don't even talk about it. He's he's appealing to the stronger one. Now, there there are other if you say, well, Jim Tour doesn't drink, maybe we shouldn't have this glass of wine in front of him. No, have one on me. It doesn't bother me. The strong one is not affected by this. It doesn't bother me when other people drink. It's fine. But if you know a brother is going to be upset by that, or some you know, there's some person in the church that you know, they grew up as Baptists and they've been Baptists for 70 years and you might want to refrain from wine around them because they're going to kind of be offended by that. So you don't have to, you know, sit down at the table and pull out of a bag a bottle of wine and set it on the table and say, I have freedom. No, we are, we are supposed to, if we're the strong ones, we're supposed to not do this in front of them. It doesn't mean that you can never do it. It's just in the situation where it would, it would bring trouble to them. So, for example, I have Orthodox Jewish friends come to my home. They can't eat any food that that uh, uh, has been in any meat that's been in a refrigerator that that also has milk in it. So, any anything any beef product that's been in the same refrigerator as milk, they won't touch because the Bible says don't mix mix don't boil a kid in its mother's milk. So, this has transferred over the years through oral law that you don't even have milk at the same meal where you have meat. I was once at the at, at, at the Weissman Institute uh, uh, speaking. No, it wasn't at the Weissman Institute. It was Bar Elan University, which is a conservative university in Israel. And we had lunch, and they serve they serve beef in that in that uh, uh, faculty club. And then after after lunch, um, they said, "Do you want coffee?" I said, "Okay, I'll have decaf coffee." And uh, and I told the waitress and 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 cream with me, cream for me. She goes. We don't serve that. And as if I said something really bad. But in this conservative uh, uh, restaurant, conservative Jewish restaurant, they would not serve a cream product with coffee. 
uh, because that's mi- mixing milk in the same restaurant where they're serving meat. That's 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 you know how intense it gets. And so I don't normally. I, so so when when my my Orthodox friends come for dinner. We don't serve them from that. Either we'll go to the Orthodox restaurant and we'll buy them a meal and serve it to them, or we'll make a really nice vegetable salad for them. And and they're very happy with that. I do things so as not to bring an offense. This is what the Bible's talking about. And so he says, we who are strong should do this. Verse that doesn't mean that because I have an Orthodox Jewish friend, I'm never gonna never gonna drink milk or I'm going to buy a second refrigerator, which if you go into an Orthodox Jewish home, that's what they have. They have two refrigerators. There's one refrigerator where they have milk products, one refrigerator where they have meat products. Yeah. You go into a Jewish home in West U, right down the road here. You'll see that. Two refrigerators separated like that. All right. uh, uh, There, in verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. He says, you you know, the kingdom of God isn't about this. It's not about political issues. It's not about this sort of thing. These things that we argue about, it does, it's not about this. Now, you may say, I'm really beating on this thing. A chapter and a half, the guy devotes to this. This is what causes divisions. This is why we're talking about this. And, and so, so he says, it's not about eating and drinking. The kingdom of God is not about this. It's about righteousness, doing what's right according to the Bible, obeying the commandments of the Bible, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's what the kingdom of God is about. And I'll tell you, if you've grown up in a Christian home and you've never really walked as an adult, as an, uh, as an unbeliever, and seen the horrid things that life can bring when you don't walk in righteousness. What God has for us in walking in righteousness and purity is so good. It brings life to us. He says, when you walk in righteousness, righteousness is doing the things that we are commanded to do. We are not under the 613 commandments of the Mosaic Law. We are under the commandments of Christ. These are outlined in the New Testament, in the epistles. That's where they're outlined for us. And when we do this, our lives go so much better. When we refrain from doing what the world does, our life goes so much better. And if you are a believer and you start sinning and doing what you know is wrong, it's going to catch up with you and things are going to begin to fall apart in your life. It happens. It happens. It, things begin to fall apart. We have such such kindness displayed to us when we walk according to God's ways. When we disobey these, it's it's not like God goes out and has to actively, you know, rub our noses in it. No, just life itself causes things to utterly fall apart when we violate these things. When you violate the covenant of marriage, I mean, your life's going to fall apart. God doesn't have to do anything. It's just naturally going to fall apart. And and uh, he says, he says, the kingdom of God is righteousness and peace. When you walk in righteousness, there's peace. When you don't, there's no peace. When you go against the things of God, there is no peace. You walk in righteousness, there's peace. And joy in the Holy Spirit. You will have joy when you walk in this. I'll tell you, I have many young men and older men that email me, and the enormity of their problems is just, it make you cringe. And I, all I can do is, is, is get them right back into the Word of God. And I write them a few paragraphs of what you need to do to begin to get your life in order. And I say, here, you need to do this. You need to be in the Bible every day for six weeks. 
here's what I want you to be reading, here's the portions and here's how you read it and meditate on the Word of God. For six weeks, don't contact me again for six weeks until you've done what I say. And if you miss one day, the clock restarts. Six weeks from the day where you have started this and continued in it. Because that's the only way that's going to correct them, is get them in the Word of God. And so what he says here, he says that that it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. When I look at lives and the destruction that comes by violating the precepts of God, the enormity of the destruction. And I'll tell you, if you're a believer walking with the Lord, rejoice in this. Oh, rejoice, because there is such peace that comes in your life by walking with the Lord. It is peace. It is peace that comes. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You violate these things and life begins to fall apart. You run around with people that you shouldn't be running around with. Life begins to fall apart. He says, For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. If you will serve Christ, you will be acceptable to God and approved by men. Now, it doesn't mean that people are always going to like you, but they will approve of your lifestyle. They may make fun of it, but they will know it's right. They may mock you for it, but they'll know it's right. If you serve Christ, this whole serving of Christ. Turn to John chapter 12. This is a portion that I quote all the time, and I love it so much. John chapter 12, verse 24 through 26. Jesus said, Truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. You see... Our life is not about ourselves anymore. It's not about ourselves. It's not about enjoying this for ourselves. He says, you're the stronger one. You are to live for the other. It's up to you not to bring offense to the other. If you're the stronger one, it's up to you. Truly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Where I am, there shall my servant also be. And if anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Jesus said, if anyone serves me, my Father will honor you. That's what Jesus said. Jesus said the Father will honor him. You serve Christ you serve Jesus, honor comes. That's why it says in verse 18 of, of Romans chapter 14, For he who in this way serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, we, so then, we pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Do not tear down the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are clean. But they are evil for the man who eats and gives offense. So now he says, if you are the stronger one and you do things that you know can bring offense, you start talking about politics in a situation when you know other people are going to become easy, uneasy about it. He says, he says here, he says that, that, uh, um, the result of this is that it is evil. He says, but they are evil. For the man who eats and gives offense. If you start doing things that are gonna, that you know can bring offense, it is evil. You're the stronger one. You refrain from speaking. They may speak up. They may speak up about how much they, you know, they love such and such a politician or how much they love this movement or that movement. Just zip your lips. 
You don't have to agree with them, but just don't let it become something for you. You're the stronger one. Don't let it become an issue for you. I don't like to take issues on politics because in the United States, whatever party you choose, if you start going down that line, you've lost half the people because we're kind of split right down the middle. And I need to share the gospel with everyone. With everyone, I need to share the gospel. So I don't want to take any sides because I need to share the gospel with anyone. And it's evil. If It's evil if I start bringing that up in the presence of people that might be offended by it. And then he says, um, verse 21, It is good not to eat meat or to drink wine or do anything by which your brother stumbles. For the faith which you have, have as your own conviction before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats, because he is eating, his eating is not from faith, and whatever is not from faith is sin. You say, well, it's a stumbling block to my brother. But remember, around, around your brother, you don't have to do, it, do that. But when your brother's not around, if, it, if it's an amoral issue, you are free to do it. You're free to do it, because that stumbling block was something that, that may have been even put up by the church. And so, you know, if somebody's offended by, by certain things in the church, I'm not going to do it. I know certain things that, I know my Seventh-day Adventist friends, and I have friends that are Seventh-day Adventists, Saturday is, is a big prime thing in their mind. I don't talk about what day, of wor- what day to worship. I don't make a big deal of Sunday or Saturday. And, you know, they, they often bring that up to me. And I say, you know, you got it. I mean, <laughs> Saturday, Saturday, you know, I'm Jewish. Saturday is the day. That's the day. I agree with you. I mean, that's the day. And, uh, and, and, and so, you know, I, I'm in agreement with you. If you don't know the Lord, I urge you to come to know Him. Jesus said, come to me. Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus said, come to me. You, you come to Jesus, and He will give you rest. On the last great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Your life will change. Your life will change that day when you come to Jesus. If you don't know the Lord, please come to me and let me share with you. If you're online, send me an email, tour at drjamestour.org. Send me an email tour at drjamestour.org. I will respond back if you don't know the Lord. So this is not an invitation for people to know Jesus. Because the first thing I'm going to ask you is, is, do you believe in the physical resurrection of Jesus Christ? If the answer is yes, I'm not meeting with you. I meet with unbelievers. That's what this meeting time is for. I will meet with you and we will get together and we will share. And uh, if you have friends and you want them to hear the gospel, just let me know. Bring them to lunch, and and we will have lunch, and and I'll sit them, sit down with them, and share with them. All right, and and uh, just bring them here, and I have no problem if they get offended. Hey, <laughs> it doesn't bother me. I mean, this is this, this is this is uh, uh, because Jesus it even says in 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 chapter fifteen of Romans chapter verse three, the reproaches of those that reproach you fell on me. You know, I'm I'm used to this, but if you're you're afraid to share with people. You know, just bring them here. I'll be glad to share with them. Please give me that opportunity. It's something that I love to do. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll just, you, you just got to tell me. This is my friend. I want you to share with him. And then, then I, will, I will get with them and share with them. Okay? Let's pray. 
Lord, I thank you and I praise you for the word of God. Thank you that it enlightens us and it teaches us. Thank you, Lord, for the unity that you want in the body of Christ. And Lord, thank you that you appeal to, to the strong ones. You appeal to us to bear the burden of another. Lord, I pray for these young people that you would use them for your glory, that they would, they would see what the kingdom of God really is, that it is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray for the unbelievers who are unable to touch this righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit because they do not yet know you. Father, I pray that they would come to know Jesus is the Son of God. Father, save a soul today, I pray. Save a soul. Draw them to Jesus. And if you don't know the Lord, pray with me this day. And if you know the Lord, please repeat this with me also. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins because I am a sinner. Thank you for dying for me. I believe that Jesus is Lord and I believe that he has risen from the dead. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen.